It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Cincinnati Reds have made the 2020 playoffs and the Locked On Reds podcast will be here each and every day to chronicle the goings on of the first winning Reds team in the last six years. My name is Jeff Carr and I'm your host of the Locked On Reds podcast. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so so much for downloading and joining me today. On today's show, we're going to conclude my conversation with Doug Gray. Kind of set it up on yesterday's episode a little bit, but we're going to dive deeper into this playoff matchup with the Braves, tell why we like the matchup, and also get his take on David Bell's performance for 2020. We're going to get into all of that in just a moment. But before we do, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. That way you don't miss an episode. Lots of playoff coverage coming up. And then throughout the offseason, we'll have all kinds of awesome guests on and lots of great topics from all over Great American Ballpark and Reds Country. That's coming at you, so you're not going to want to miss any of that. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. And save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159 for questions, comments, reactions. Actions, whatever you got, rantings, ravings, all that good stuff. 513-549-0159. All right, so without further ado, let's conclude this conversation between myself and Doug Gray. I wish I could like throw some old school NFL films music underneath of this because I'd be like, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object in the Braves lineup and the Reds pitching staff. Who will come out on top starting Wednesday night? We'll find out. I, I'm feeling pretty good about this, to be honest with you. Like, I honestly, I, I mean, obviously, you look at the pitching matchups and you say, well, that's an obvious win for the Reds lineup. That's an obvious win for the Braves. But if you can neutralize that lineup, if you can keep Albies and Acuna inside the ballpark, Acuna, 
I totally butchered that. Um, if you can keep Freddie Freeman from doing too much damage, I'm not going to say that. I mean, who knows? Maybe in two games they can shut him down. Maybe three games or whatever they can shut those guys down. But I, I'm not expecting that. That's kind of like with uh, the twin series and. and you weren't expecting the Reds to completely shut down Nelson Cruz. And, and with the uh, White Sox series, Jose Abreu and guys like that, but they pitch pretty well against them overall. So if they can continue that performance with the way that they have handled these two lineups in the Twins and the White Sox and, and a decent lineup from Milwaukee, I mean, Milwaukee's no slouch for sure, then I, I think that there, it's not a stretch to see them handling Atlanta's lineup the key will be the timely hitting and how that all comes together now something that I've noticed and I'm sure you've noticed it as well because well most of the time you're you're smarter than I am because most of the time everybody's smarter than I am uh, when it when it comes to the Reds lately their plate discipline has been absolutely phenomenal and that's one of the reasons that they've done so well over this stretch of winning uh, do you think that this continues or do you worry that they may go back to pressing like they did early in the season? You know, I, I think that that's something that we're not going to see Now, the granted, again, I'm just, I'm, let's be frank here. I'm kind of talking out my butt because I mean, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> one of the players that's going to be out there facing this pitching, but you know, they've, some of the players have actually mentioned, you know, they were pressing early on um, because they, they had those expectations. They, they felt that they were better than they were performing, and so they pressed, and you know it kind of came through. And right now they're rolling; they're feeling they're feeling confident. They know they can get the job done. They're a little bit more at ease. Uh, I, and if if we're going to take them at their word that that is what was going on, I mean, I don't see any reason to think that you know they're going to you know get back into that situation where they're feeling the pressure, so to speak. Um, you know, they're 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 in their comfort zone right now. I mean, they've won. I believe that the actual numbers are 999 out of the last 1,000 games they've played. Um, don't don't double check me on that, but um, <laughs> they're 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 playing pretty well right now. They're playing very confident baseball. They feel that they can get it done. Um, and so if, if if we're gonna actually believe what they're saying, then yeah, I I think that you know we're gonna see them be a little bit more patient against some of these pitchers, and you know they're they they might have to be too. Um, you know, two of the three guys they're sending out there, they're they're pretty good this year. Um, you know, I mentioned Kyle Wright earlier kind of hasn't been as good. You know, he's walked 24 batters with only 30 strikeouts this year. Mm. So, you know, he he's the guy that they really should have an advantage against. So that's he's going to be game three, right? I, I I haven't seen which order their guys are in, so I, I'm not going to. I don't know. Look that up real quick. But if he is, let's hope they just don't have to face him at all because they're getting ready to uh, travel to Texas. Actually, yep, I just looked it up to make sure, yeah, their game two and game three are TBD. So that, okay. that, that guy, I mean, he he's not really that good. So, no, I'm just kidding. That's not a guy, or I'm just messing around. Uh, <laughs> this uh, three-game series idea, real quick, I want to get your take on this. Not, not necessarily the idea of having eight playoff teams moving forward, because I'm not so sure that I'm on board with that forever. I'm okay with it in this weird 2020 season. Like, okay, why not? I mean, I'm a little bit perturbed that the Cardinals didn't play 60 games, but uh, what, what, what are you going to do? Rob Manfred hates baseball. So then you've got this three-game wild card series. 
as opposed to the one-game winner-take-all scenario, what are your thoughts on that? Is that something that, all right, maybe if they keep the five-team format, at least the wild card series at the beginning can be expanded to three games? Or what are your thoughts on that? Well, if they're going to do the wild card thing with just five teams, they're not going to do a three-game series because that's that's going to set back the actual start of the playoffs. Okay. Um, and I, I just don't think that they're going to want to fit that in television contract wise i think that if they're going to make a move to have three game wild card situation it's going to be an eight, eight team thing and uh, you know i i'm not exactly a big fan of it but i think it's going to happen because well let's let's be real here this is about money and there's oh, a lot money. more money there's a lot more money to be had when you've got extra games and extra teams playing that's very true and especially when you're looking at I mean, so the American League begins on Tuesday. The National League begins on Wednesday. So for two of the three days, you're going to have just so many games happening all at the same time. It's going to be phenomenal and also really hectic all at the same time. But I I really like the way that this worked out for the Reds. I mean, there's a reason that the whole hashtag of sneak on in was such a big deal. Like people that don't, People that want to belabor the lower seed, it's just like, no, you don't understand. Like, if the Reds are in, the Reds are going to make noise. They're not just going to go quietly. And I firmly believe that. And I I stopped short of saying that I guarantee it because, Lord knows, I've had a lot of bravado about this team this year, and uh, I've been uh, humbled quite a bit. I mean, they lost by two touchdowns not even a month ago to St. Louis, and yet here we are in the playoffs. So I'm very happy about that, but I think that they have a very good shot to beat Atlanta. I really do. Yeah. I mean, it's baseball. I, I, if, if the Cincinnati Reds played the Louisville bats 162 times, the Louisville bats would probably win 40 of those games. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, that's the, the, the talent level is so thin in baseball in terms of like from the worst to the best. I mean, it, it it really is a situation where anything anything can happen. So, I don't know if they, if they had to play a hundred times, I feel confident that the Reds would come out in front more often than they did. But they're only going to play two or three times. So, throw your hands up in the air and hope for the best. And if you don't want to throw your hands up in the air and hope for the best, when it comes to your next car repair, check out rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need with reliably low prices as well. You go to rockauto.com, you see the list on the left side of all the different car companies, you find your year, find your make, find your model, and they'll drop down a list of all the parts for your car. That way, if you know about as much about fixing a car as Angel Hernandez knows the strike zone, then Rock Auto can help you find the parts that you need. Also, if you're a little bit more savvy, if you know your way around a car, you can find your favorite brands as well. Rock Auto is super flexible like that and super user-friendly, and they've got reliably low prices. When you go to rockauto.com, in the checkout section, they have an how-did-you-hear-about-us area. Type in Locked On MLB to let them know that Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com, and in the how-did-you-hear-about-us section of the checkout area, Type in Locked On MLB. RockAuto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. One last thing, kind of looking back on the regular season before we jump into our next topic. And I wanted to ask you this before that the postseason gets going, because he is going to be put under an even 
more powerful microscope than he was already put under. And I, there's plenty of Reds fans that had him like on the sidewalk under a microscope with the sun beating down like they were trying to burn him or something. But David Bell. What have you thought about his performance this season as the Reds manager? I know that there's plenty of moves that we kind of scratch our heads at and things like that. But overall, what are your thoughts on him as we head into his first ever postseason series as a manager for the Reds? I mean, let me start off by saying that the manager always has more information than we do. And I don't just mean has stats that we don't get to see. You know, he, he knows who's nursing an injury. He knows... You know, who's got something else going on in their life that may have them preoccupied a little bit. You know, things that we're never going to know as the public. Right. Um, with, th- with that said, I mean, for the most part, there's definitely been a few times where he made moves where statistically I'm just sitting here scratching my head. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that for the most part, I've agreed with most of his decisions this year. Um, but I, I, I understand the frustration a lot of fans had in terms of, you know, the moves that didn't work out. But I think that that's also a fact that they're kind of judging it based on how it didn't work out versus the opposite situation, where in their minds, if they had just done that other thing, it would have worked out, when in reality, that's probably not true. Let's just talk about pinch hitters, for example. Right. The difference between Jesse Winker and Travis Jankowski over 10 at-bats is less than one hit. (laughs) I mean, so... Going with, you know, player A instead of player B, yes, the odds may be better that that one guy's got, he's got a better chance of getting a hit than the other guy. But in that one very specific scenario, it's the the difference is next to nothing. Right. Um, and so, you know, if, if he, when he brings in a guy and the guy fails in that situation, I mean, that's not necessarily a, you know, proof that he made the wrong decision. Sometimes you make the right decision and it just doesn't work out for you. I mean, how many times did the Reds hit absolute laser beams right <laughs> yeah. at somebody? I mean, we're talking, if that ball hit to bat one millimeter in either direction, then that's a base hit. But it didn't. And I, I, I just, I don't know. It, it was a frustrating season, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I sat here, I watched every single game. And it, especially before the last three weeks, I mean, it just felt like every single time something could happen that would work against the Reds, it did. Between the hitting line drives right at guys, you know, or the other team somehow getting 19 straight hits that they hit at 62 miles per hour, um, it, it just seemed like things weren't going right, and the frustration just boiled over between, one, how the situations were all playing out, but two, the expectations were so high that it was just even more disappointing. So, like, I, I get where all, all the fans are coming from. They've kind of had that, you know, let's fire David Bell mentality. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but I understood where they were coming from. Um, oh, and I agree with you, too, because there's so many different little things that you can point to. But, again, that's any manager on any team. Like, I mean, you ask a Yankees fan what they think of Aaron Boone, and I'm pretty sure most of them would say they wish he was fired like a year and a half ago. But it's just the way that baseball fans are wired. They're wired to blame the manager, even when you look at the guys on the field that aren't executing, or like we all hated the explanation, but it was a perfectly logical explanation of the Reds were just getting unlucky because of their super low BABIP and all that stuff, which I, I loved it because it's like, wow, well, for a half a second, BABIP 
was actually mainstream enough that you didn't have to explain what the letter stood for whenever you first referenced it. So that was kind of funny. But yeah, no, overall, I, I'm pretty happy with them too. I, I definitely think that those moves that we may deem strange are going to happen here in this postseason, especially in a three-game series where you only got to win two games. And so each game is going to be magnified. We're going to see a lot of the righty-lefty stuff. It's just going to happen. That's the way that he manages. And if you're sitting there listening to us yap about the Reds and you're thinking to yourself, the moment that he takes out Shogo for a right-handed batter, I'm going to furiously type up a tweet and, and tweet it out that's scathing of David Bell, then, well, you're you're among the majority, number one. But number two... That's it's it's just gonna happen. So get ready for it. Like, don't I mean, be mad when it happens. He, uh, Shogo's not even gonna start game one, right? He's not. I mean, Max Reed is going for Atlanta in game one. He's a lefty, and he's a really good lefty. Right. Uh, he he's seven and zero with a two point two five ERA. Shogo's not facing him. I mean, he's not. He's not. Shogo is not going to be in the lineup to start the game. They're probably going to put Aquino out in left field, and I mean that that it, it that's just what it is. People can be mad about it all they want. It it, it makes sense to not let a left-hander um, who struggled with lefties, especially when you've got another option, to face him. And I tell you what, real quick too, before uh, I hadn't planned on this one, but this was just a rando thing that popped in my head. Do you think that we're going to see Jose Garcia a lot in these playoffs? Because I've noticed here down the stretch run, there's been a lot more Freddie Galvis at shortstop. I'm going to go with no. Um, I, I think that if they've got a late lead, that we will we will see him then. I think that they'll they'll try and find a way to get him into the game, slide Freddie Galvis to second base, um, and, and and use his defense. And then obviously Galvis would be an upgrade at second base defensively over Mustakas as well. Um, but only only in a situation where you've got a lead. Uh, they're they're not going to pull Mustakas from the game if you're trailing. Um, <laughs> nope. That 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 one's not going to happen. But if if they're up. It would not surprise me to see that kind of situation play itself out, uh, you know, in, in maybe the, the eighth and ninth inning. Um, because, I mean, Garcia, he's the best defensive shortstop you've got. He's the best defensive infielder you've got. Um, and if you've got a lead, you've got that bullpen, you, you want him in there. But, I, right. yeah, yeah, offensively, he's got, like, what, one more walk than I do this season. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's I, – I, I love me some Jose Garcia. I think he's going to be pretty good in the future, but right now, I he's he's not ready to hit major league pitching every day. No, and I and I think a big reason why it was beneficial to bring him up at least during the regular season is he was facing a decent number of pitchers who were either brought up kind of in, under the same regards, or you know it was regular season stuff where they were just kind of tired of seeing Freddie Galvis doing the same old stuff. So change it up a little bit. Now that we're into postseason baseball, where every single at bat matters, I agree with you. It'd be very hard to put somebody in there who makes Aristides Aquino look like Joey Votto when it comes to plate discipline. And I just think that. Galvis provides the pop. He provides an overall uh, package of a Major League Baseball player that Jose Garcia isn't there yet. He's probably going to be there very quickly and then eclipse that very quickly as well. But as of right now in 2020, that's not where Jose Garcia is. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they, they haven't finalized their playoff roster yet. 
as far as I've seen. Um, I, I would expect Garcia to be on it because he does provide that defense, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if he weren't there either. Because, I mean, it's, it's not like they couldn't... It, they're very confident in in Kyle Farmer playing shortstop. So I, I wouldn't be completely shocked. Um, I guess pro- by the time you guys are listening to this, uh, you may actually know the answer. But uh, as of the time of re- recording here, uh, we, we do not know that one yet. But, yeah, I, I think that right now, if, if Garcia is on the roster, it's pretty much going to be just for pinch running or defensive purposes. And as for those playoff rosters and all things Reds information, you can follow Doug on Twitter at DougDirt24. I got that right, right? Yes, you did. Yeah, I got that right. Wow. I'm on Twitter too much. Um, yeah, so that's his Twitter handle. You can also check out RedsMinorLeagues.com and RedLegNation.com as well. And, Doug, look forward to get, get to talk to you again soon. Hopefully we'll be talking about some postseason success, dare I say, of the ring variety. I mean, you already did, so I'm not going to dare you to say it at all. <laughs> Let's go, Rex. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.